The time has come, mm. Marco. Mm. After some 15 years of discourse oh. and main characters, from the days of manual retweets and the ubiquitous huh. fail whale. Follow Fridays. Follow Fridays <laughs> to quote dunking and t-shirt bots from mm. our own chance meeting over yes, a decade yes. ago to our joint podcast account to which we've had to change the password numerous times because your brain is mesh. Yes. We have been through the hills and the valleys of Twitter. And at long last, as it makes its descent into security dystopia and Nazi hellscape, it's time for us to bid it adieu. Uh, it's a shame. It's a shame what happened there because I it became my entire personality for a bit. Um, <laughs> it really did. There in the kind yeah. of the twenty tens in the there totally. or thereabouts, it became my entire personality. So, um, to see, you know, to see what what became of it, it's 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 only right that it be taken, you know, timidly down to the woodshed. And uh, let us unlock the door, take the take out the gun, cock the gun, dolefully look in its eyes while we load up those two shells, clack, clack, close the gun, just ruffle in the back of its ear, maybe a little bit wistfully. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, and then shoot it right in the head whilst never breaking eye contact. Wow. Yeah. Mm. OK. Wait, you're going to shoot the back of its head without breaking uh, eye contact. Yeah, it's got those. Uh, domed eyes like a fly, you know, that's a load of lenses. You can see okay. it from behind you. It's horrible. It's a horrible looking one. Honestly, that ma yeah, it makes perfect sense. Biblically accurate, accurate Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, no, but all of that is, you know, is apt. Like, because I think the thing is, you know, over the years, mm. Twitter has been important to us and to a lot of people. Like, there would be no Joe Ag. Without Twitter, we have so many of our mm. um, listeners that we've gotten to become closer to through Twitter yeah. um, and keep up with. And, and it used to be, I mean, you saying it was your personality. I mean, I think I was so used to for the past decade and a half kind of being like, oh, I saw that on Twitter, looking mm. for news on Twitter, like the second anything happened. It well, was there, finding out before everyone else. You exactly. Know? I'm certain I must have gone on and on and on about this before. But, you know, there was a while there where you'd uh, be in front of the news because because me, because I always am. And I'd yes. be in front of the 10 o'clock news and realize, hang on, I knew about this. I knew about this earlier on right. today. By the time yeah. the news gets to me through the, tra the trad channels, it's already had, <laughs> uh, you know, it's had an agenda stamped all over it. It's been through scripts and rewrites and whatever by the time you see the news you get to see how different channels interpret the news that you'd got right. live from the source uh you know from the teat as it were earlier <laughs> on that day um because at its best that's what twitter was after all at its best right. it was unpasteurized raw uh information from the source obviously the, the the amount of static grew and grew and grew as twitter did um mm -hmm. But you, you, you know, you, in Twitter literacy, then Twitteracy, if you will, sure. became a skill, didn't it? You learned yeah, how to filter true. out the static. You learned how to draw from a, a good, reliable follow pool. And uh, yeah, it did. It, it completely changed how we uh, approach, disseminate, share, 
and judge the quality of, I guess, information. So it's a shame. It is, as I load yeah. the fucking, you know, the, the shotgun. Uh, I <laughs> right. do think back at the good times because there were there were more good times than I than bad. Exactly that. I mean, I think people have called it a hell site for a long time, but they have. largely, I have always been of the position that you could curate your hell site mm. into something that wasn't. That was why you know I used to have a different Twitter, and then when it became hellish, I was like, kind of done here, and I started a new one and curated it with people that didn't make me mad, and yes. I didn't pick fights with strangers and things like that. Like it's very, it was very easy. Yes. To keep stuff off your timeline <laughs> that uh, made well, it yeah. a terrible experience. It was. You learned how to navigate it, didn't you? And mm -hmm. uh, you could, to use your term, curate. You could curate your experience up. I think up to a point, the, the walls tumbled, didn't they? The dam burst. They did, And yes. what it once became easy to compartmentalize and through judicious use of, you know, Good follows you a, a good sense for bullshit, hashtag use and kind of tucking things away and looking in the right place. You could you could curate a wonderful experience on Twitter, um, right. but you know it, it it became clear, and it happened quickly. I think uh, that you simply couldn't wall off the the you know the spread wasn't really containable it couldn't it, the 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 site that we had been used to using and the site that we had become quite good at using i think and uh very familiar with using wasn't the same anymore and when it did happen when it seems you know the social media wars of 2023 happened you know in the entirety of the time i spent away from joag yeah pretty um, much <laughs> <laughs> the, the the landscape burned and rebuilt itself and there were wars there were little fiefdoms and arguments da, da, yeah. da, da, da. that all happened in like six weeks and is is pretty much done with now in the time i've been away right yeah basically um, <laughs> and, and i have to you know have to say props where they're due uh we talked about kind of what was to become of twitter months ago you know before well, like really things heated up and all that kind of stuff and yes. i largely the thought i don't know if optimism is the right word but i largely was like it's gonna be fine elon musk is gonna get sick of this like mm. you know what can he really do to this website um and you were like nah bro it is it is donezo it is oh, on there its was way no out and you were right <laughs> yeah, yeah and yeah i i take no you know i i don't enjoy being right on this occasion at all i don't enjoy it in the least <laughs> Um, I, for example, I certainly backed the wrong pony when it comes to the two kind of emergent, the <laughs> Competing, nascent, yeah, yeah, exactly, blue sky and threads, my word, I went, I bet heavily, I threaded heavily on Sebulba and uh, that was entirely the wrong pony to back. Uh, what were you became... even doing over there? Because I never, I never made an account on threads. I was like, absolutely not. That's not I happening. was doing exactly the same as I used to do on Twitter and exactly the same as I've now become, you know, as I've started doing on Blue Sky is simply just tweeting like, like the old days, just tweeting, just. Sure. Yeah. Bullshitting. Uh, bullshitting, exactly. Stuff which would have absolutely, just pointless giving breath to in a conversation with actual people. Um <laughs> Just silly little <laughs> bits that that you just want to throw out there. And what did, what was it like? Like what was everybody else like on Threads? Well, this is it. You see, I didn't really get any sense of people or personalities on Threads because mm. it immediately became a land grab for right. figures. You know, 
for you know for the first couple of weeks at least it was all seo engineers it was all right keyword optimization it was all like i said this land grab for engagement ha ha hey gang who has ever drunk liquid or is a human ha 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 well it was that for weeks and it never really seemed to uh evolve past that it still seems just like a corporate uh bots tweeting back to bots ha 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 wasn't it cool when that one corporate bot interacted with that other one ha 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 it never quite got past that level okay yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, 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 I was left, you know, caught me with my pants down, didn't it? Because I, <laughs> I went all in on that one. I was wrong. And Blue Sky is, is basically quite fun. It's essentially quite fun. Yeah, it, I, I keep saying about Blue Sky is like it has a little bit of a learning curve because it's not it, it looks like Twitter, but it's not the same as Twitter. So you have uh-huh. to learn to use like those feeds and stuff like that and to filter out stuff so that you're not seeing every single thing that every person you follow is saying to anyone else yes. on the website. Yeah. Uh, but once you get going, yeah, it kind of reminds me of those old days of Twitter. Just, just say something into the void, see if it yes. catches, see if it doesn't, who cares? Um, you know, people seem to be building, like, communities. Yeah. There's, you know, weird drama and things like that because the site is still very small. So, like, <laughs> there's an odd everyone knows each other, like it's high school situation in what, some um, ways. But let's not Let's fun. not let it die without at least a little reminiscing. What were your best moments on Twitter? What were your favorite world events which you saw uh, uh <laughs> unfolding as different time zones came online right yeah i mean it's gotta you gotta go back to one of the ogs of course uh balloon yeah. boy okay. Uh, oh okay did that not reach you guys no that predates me um okay that was 2009 or maybe it did uh, that, that never quite got to me world events right, wise yeah. i <laughs> can i explain well, balloon boys and yeah please, know, do, please do please do please do sorry because this is one of the first like experiences like that that like I had on that website was that um, this kid yeah. was supposedly floating away in a balloon in the sky. And oh, that does ring the, a bell. <laughs> and everyone was freaking out about it. So it was like one of those things where it was like through Twitter, everyone yeah. was like, oh my God, balloon boy, balloon boy, balloon boy. And I feel like trending topics <laughs> might have been kind of new at that time too, or whatever way people were catching mm. on to it through Twitter, which then it was like all day broadcast on CNN and stuff like that. Like, oh, balloon boy. And at the end of it, it turned out to be like a giant hoax that like he was actually just chilling in the garage and his parents had done it for like, you know, 15 minutes of fame, which they leveraged into like other stuff. And they'd done it before. They'd been on Wife Swap and things like that, you know, (laughs) but it was such a great like time to be on Twitter because it was like, you know, one of those first events where everyone was watching it. Everyone was making quips about it. And you were just watching all day as people (laughs) were joking about this fucking kid floating (sighs) away into the atmosphere (laughs) in a balloon. (laughs) Oh, nice. Um, mine was uh, the death of Michael Jackson. So Jacko's death. Oh, yeah. yeah right. Yeah, that yeah. was my favoritest event ever on Twitter. <laughs> just seeing it. Uh, it. You know, that's the that's the best way that I can describe it is seeing it, it, it get interpreted through different, you know, different uh, as different parts of the world came online and found out about it. Uh, just seeing, you know, time zones pop up and learn about it live. I used to love that. It was a thrill. It was a huge thrill. And I don't think, I don't see that being replicated. I don't see Blue Sky right, yeah, uh, yeah. Or, or wherever else we wash up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> having that. 
Yeah, that's kind of the thing that I think no matter what sort of clones or things like that come out of it yeah. is unlikely to be replicated that, you know, that mm. tr- live trending thing where everyone gets on. I mean, things move fast through Blue Sky for sure. Like uh-huh. <laughs> as soon as uh, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but um, as soon as CM Punk uh, was fired by AEW I'm, I'm reeling yesterday. from this, by the way. So yeah, I'm and, and we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we're going to we dedicate will, some will. time to old Phil. Um, mm. But as soon as he was fired, like, that was, like, my whole feed, like, and it was yeah. instant, you yeah. know? <laughs> like, so things things do come through and come really quick, but it doesn't have that, like, you know, the trending topics thing, and it doesn't have, like, we don't have as many news organizations, like, sitting there ready to, like, give you the... Yes. The the skinny on it and all that kind of stuff. So, Plus, yeah, I, that's a thing we'll miss. Speaking personally, at least, uh, the whole microblogging format was new, wasn't it? Twitter was the first to do it. So, right. you they, you know, everyone was, was just saying the stupidest shit. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it was less a kind of a sculpted stupidity. It was more, it was literally just anyone was saying the stupidest shit they could come up with. Right. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's that thrill of just being able to say stupid shit for a laugh anymore. <laughs> mm. Oh, I don't know. Um, I suppose there could be. But yeah, I think eventually you learn what something is, you know, especially yes, yes, agreed yes. upon idea of what something is and you're right yeah. there was that sort of no man's land free for all whatever in the beginning of like how the how the fuck do we use this <laughs> you know you, you can you can cancel it you know i've kind of i've got a uh, a little how-to guide here on how to literally just just close your twitter just get rid of it i think i'm gonna do it now listen i am not going to completely get rid of my twitter and my reason for that is not because I want to be on Twitter. <laughs> it is simply to make me and us findable. Uh, oh, what, us as in Joag? As in Joag, you right, know, right, so that right, there's right, still right. pinned tweets up there that say, you know, hey, yeah. uh, here's where we are. <laughs> um, and also because there's like some stuff in my DMs that I'm too lazy to go through, but need. Like, yes, I know that you, you like that. hoard <laughs> DMs. I know this. Uh, I, don't, but, I feel like I, I don't hoard DMs, but do you delete DMs? <laughs> yeah, I do regularly. I keep a, I, really? I spring clean. I keep a fresh inbox around my various platforms. And I've found okay. the deactivate your account button right here on X. Okay, uh, well, all right. Is that all you need? All you have to do is hit deactivate like account. Yeah, it looks like it. Let me see. Do, 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 do. And that'll yeah. get rid of it. That won't just be like, and then you can come back and... However many days or whatever. No, I've got to key. Yeah, I'm going to deactivate my account. And if I keep it deactivated for a certain length of time, it'll be gone forever. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. It is done. Wow. Well, I have it's got something, isn't it? the app here on my phone. Get rid. Go on. Get rid. And it's, you know, the, the thing about this, too, is that, like, it really is final because I never updated it. As you can yeah. see here, it still says yeah, update. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mine doesn't say X. Once I get rid of this. Oh wow! There goes my. This is actually this is quite thrilling. <laughs> there goes my little bird, and I I'm don't ever want that X on my phone. Deleting uh, the app as well. Oh my goodness! And uninstall. Have we both done That's it? Have we both just done that? It's yep. Nice. There, it's gone. Yeah, same. I have cancelled and deleted. It's nice. And. 
let's just, you know, we, we've reminisced on Twitter and all of that kind of stuff. Let's just talk for a minute about, like, why it's come to the point where simply there's, you just can't anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, just um, simply, simply. I mean, from a value point of view, right? It, it's unequivocal that since uh, Elon bought Twitter or what is now X, it's been an unequivocal disaster. Yeah. Uh, just hundreds of people unemployed, billions wiped off the value. Just uh, uh, that doesn't need documenting. It's a mess. Yeah, from it, a business uh, standpoint, it is clearly yes, a train yes. wreck. <laughs> what was it that? It is, utterly. What was what? You just like suddenly gazed off into the abyss for the abyss for several seconds. I'll turn off the TV. I apologize. This uh, to- <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the abyss. That was that was Toby Jones. Um, yeah, unequivocal failure. Unequivocal failure from the Guardian just from this May. Uh, the value of it as a property is two thirds down uh, since Jesus. he bought it in twenty twenty two. There's two thirds of, of of its entire value just evaporated. That's wild good isn't it i uh, yeah it's it's it feels great to feel that i could have done a better job of whatever it was <laughs> right you know that that <laughs> like, was than literally was you could put either one of us in there zero yeah. experience and we could simply be like everyone keep doing the things you are doing crack on and, and things be would have been basically better, better yeah. than it is now yeah <laughs> that's it incredible mm. stuff so Obviously, it's broken in many ways. This business model has been awful, things like that. Um, you know, the people have been leaving it in droves. I used to always try to follow 666 people oh, on you Twitter. Did, huh? Right. Yep. It became impossible because it was just yeah. like every week I was like, there were like 10 people quitting. So yes. I would like be like, oh, what? I'm going to follow another new 10 people. That's too many. And it just kept on going and kept on going and kept on going mm. so like the content was disappearing um the trending topics stopped being relevant in any way i get the same for you trends every single day and it's basically like eight wrestlers that it thinks that i'm interested <laughs> in <laughs> and yeah. it does not shift from those things ever yeah it's it it's even even kind of talking about what it turned into and why it feels redundant it's i i'm i'm i've just been while you've been talking there i've been just kind of basking in sitting in inhabiting that feeling of having just deactivated and deleted it yeah um i'm just sitting in that feeling it and it's good it feels good it feels good. And what's more, what's important more than just like the experience and it being different, because that doesn't necessarily mean I'd have to delete the app, uh-huh. right? Like what it really comes down to is that it has become a, a safe haven for the worst elements of humanity. And that, mm. you know, the CEO who is in charge of every decision being made here, you know, with what happens with that website, with what happens with our data, with what happens yes. with the advertisements, what ends up in our algorithms, is openly supporting white supremacists and anti-Semites on this website and anti-trans people and reactionaries and fascists of all kinds. Yeah, it is very, very, uh, the air when you scroll X, the air is thick with kind of um, third or fourth tier advertising partners. Every, oh God, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> your, your, your McDonald's is, your Coca-Cola's, your Nike's, they aren't the advertisers that you tend to see on Twitter these days. Yeah. It's, 
uh, why not put all your funds into gold? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it, it, it's, well, and people it's, have been saying like now they're getting ads literally for like white power groups and stuff like holy that, like moly, not really? just the like junk stuff, but like yes. literally someone's like, I got like a 14 words uh-huh. ad. Uh, there was a screenshot someone took of one that was like, you know, about the importance of having a white homeland. Like Fuck. they're actively putting mm. white, taking money from white supremacists and letting them advertise into the feeds of marginalized people and things like that, which is, mm. you know, intimidating and horrifying. And I think it's just impossible to sort of justify, like, sitting there and using that. Like, I don't eat Goya beans because, like, the guy was, like, sure. a huge Trump supporter. And I'm yeah. going to sit here actively using a website every day where this guy yeah. is, like enabling nazis <laughs> one of the richest men on the planet is using me as a way to Completely you know promote to amplify all of this those stuff. voices yes. yeah like no thanks not on my watch absolutely not so yeah. that was like that's where it hit the like i can't no i could sit here passively or whatever and just keep on tweeting through it did you say but we have a blue sky presence now joag do we are we are we available on blue sky as we speak we are Yes. Now, how do we get there? How do you find us? <laughs> if you go on Blue Sky, your hosts our, and friends, our um, what you call it? Our handle is at jackofallgraves.com. Beautiful. Yeah. So find us there. Both of us are on there. Here lies Corey and Deadman ninety seven. You're yeah. even back to your old. Username, I know, which feels which fantastic. Nice. That's one of the reasons why you know. My my, uh, me and Twitter were over when that happened. Really, when I got when I got suspended, right. when they never really we never really pulled it back after that. Yeah. Um, so if you yeah, repair that relationship, I feel like myself again now. Oh, that's such a beautiful thing. Mm. So friends, oh fuck Twitter, <laughs> or but indeed, yeah. Welcome to Joe Egg. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's you cold know. outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. Have we started? No. Okay. I was, I'm not gonna start the show by asking if you're high. <laughs> You could. I could, I suppose, mm. but you you take us in. Uh, yes, okay. Good afternoon, friends. Uh, happy Monday or wherever the fuck you are or, when, or whenever the fuck it is when you listen to this. <laughs> um, hey, it feels good to bring in an episode of Jack of All Graves, my first, uh, to, to probably carry us over the line in quite a while. It feels nice. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing, co-host? I'm doing well. I'm, yes. I mean, I'm melting right now. It is very hot in here, but... Right, you know, so, I, I'm busy and what's keeping it been real. going on meteorologically in the States? You've had storms and Jesus proper Christ. end times weather this summer, yeah? <laughs> end times weather is exactly the way to put it. In fact, it was like last week, there was a hurricane in California and during the hurricane, there was an earthquake. <laughs> and what's wild is that like, I don't think like, you know, people don't totally understand earthquakes, right? And yeah. earthquakes like especially people who aren't from california right mm-hmm. and so 
I keep hearing people go like, it was a little one. It was only a 5.5 or whatever. But like, yes, that's like, that's not, Mm. you know, going to knock down cities or anything like that. But like my friend who lived in Ojai, which was around where it was um, centered, like his shelves fell over and stuff like that. Like it's that's like a legit earthquake. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, I, I remain I remain proud to have been involved in and part of an earthquake. I have experienced an earthquake life, so I'm, I I. Uh, you have a little bit of a concept. Just a little. Of this. Bit. Nothing. What fell was this? Off Philippines. No, Where were this, you? Exactly. This. This was in the Philippines. Um, uh, the people who we were working with out there noticed like ten seconds before any of us noticed. There was uh-huh. kind of like eye, eye contact being thrown around uh, right. between the guys who owned the office park, and they were like, "Yeah, hey, we should probably move." And then. Everybody else noticed it was yes hilarious, but not you know holy shit nothing fell off anything there was no danger of any kind. Um, Those ones though like that's my least favorite kind though is a slow rolly like I I hate when it's like you have time to think about it yeah and then like get like motion sick from the earthquake Mm. like I like a good like quick shake me and then (laughs) everything is is fine. Uh, (laughs) Is that's commonplace? Is it, it? It's by no means your first rodeo. Right, yeah. Like, I mean, ones that are as high, that's the thing. Ones that are as high as 5.5 aren't yeah. that common. You get, okay. like, you're anywhere from the, like, really low ones that no one feels to, like, a 3. Yes. Or a 4, even, like, fairly regularly. Um, But, like, yeah, like, that's why, uh, like, when people kind of downplay it, I'm like, okay, let's not, like, play, like, big here. Like, mm. this is actually, like a pretty good sized earthquake in the middle of a hurricane and, then and it was like yeah all over the united states it's just been heat just waves and hurricanes and earthquakes and tornadoes and... for the total avoidance of any doubt uh for our listeners if if any if an earthquake threatens what is the advice what is the official advice what do you do uh you try to get under something that won't collapse on you and cover like your spinal column at like the base like your neck and head there we go <laughs> okay keep that in mind because i would uh, i, w- I want to say getting a door frame but i don't know if that's bullshit you know what i mean not uh being part yeah, of an earthquake I mean, it's not society. necessarily the best place but if if you're in a pinch but the like mm. the main thing is the idea of duck cover hold so you know i see duck cover hold spine duck cover hold spine so that if something does fall on you you don't get paralyzed okay cool <laughs> um yeah, so apocalyptic over here yeah. in the United States. Although where I am, not at all. It was like a nice, chill week last week. You know, mm. nice, cool weather. A couple little tiny rainstorms here and there. And this week, it's like in the 90s all week. And I'm not pleased. Well, I'm I'm delighted to uh, have my kids going back to school this week. That's, ah. uh, that's <laughs> such a weight off. <laughs> every parent, every fucking parent feels me tonight. Uh, yes. Kids going back to school next week because, you know, love them. But fucking hell, by the last few days of the summer halls. Yeah, it, it, you're just glad to see, I'm going to be glad to see the back of the little fuckers next week. <laughs> You've made good use of your time with them over the course of the summer. Oh, we especially have. the past, you know, couple of weeks. Don't get me wrong. We've packed it into the summer as, as you know, as we like to do, but... Yeah, it's been intense. I mean, you know, I haven't even spoken about the, attending the biggest wrestling event in history last yes. weekend. Uh, let's let's give it one minute and we will get to that so that we can yeah, talk please. a little at length. I still about... don't feel as though my voice is back entirely. 
But anyway, go on. Um, you know, there there's a few little matters of business before we just mm. get into talking about all of that. Nothing nothing super important, but uh, we do have a new Let's Play up yes, on the old do. Ko-Fi. Mm. Um, <laughs> second time's a charm because the first time we recorded it without our voices. Yeah. Uh, but Mark is continuing his journey through Death's Door. So if you are a subscriber at any level on our Ko-Fi, you can... Um, watch us hang out and play that and yeah, the game is a lot of fun and it keeps getting funner every yes. every kind of chapter of this i, I get deeper and deeper uh, into the game right. it's it's unfolding nicely and it's really fun yeah and we just shoot the breeze talk about mm -hmm. some stuff and it's a it's a pretty good time so check that out also up there uh, of course make sure that you're following along on the joag Joag Radio archives. If uh, you enjoyed the episode that was up on um, our main feed a month or so ago, uh, there's five of them in that archive right now. So that's up on the Ko-Fi for anyone who is $5 patrons and above. Um, and I will keep posting those as I put them on the radio. So <laughs> what are these then? Talk to me about what these are. <laughs> this is essentially sort of a repackaged version of our cold opens where i mm. in a softly spoken voice yes tell these stories um obviously without someone to comment back just telling them straight through mm -hmm. with a little musical break so two stories per episode a little bit of music um kind of a relaxy voice so you could fall asleep to it you could listen to it on your drive whatever you like um, oh, and beautiful. hear some stories. So nice. if that sounds good that? to you. Yeah, right. Come on. It's a good time. <laughs> so uh, anyone $5 and up on our Ko-Fi can listen to those forever and ever. Amen. Mm. Um, and uh, next week we'll have a new snack of all graves, which will involve Dear Marco reading. I'm doing some reading, uh, I believe, aren't I? Yes. Something that Colin uh, sent a couple months back before your leave of yep. absence so yep. getting right back into it and that will be up on there as well so make sure that you look for that and for our highest level supporters the it is mailer time so uh oh the God. mailers will be coming out soon i bought them in portugal this time uh i do like to get stuff from my travels but last time that i did this uh i i brought stuff back for everyone from montreal and then for like several people, they just mm. like the it was like a little pendant that I bought there with oh, a yeah, story absolutely. and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And for several people, the pendant was just gone by the okay. time it got to them. Uh, the Latours just got an em empty envelope. <laughs> so um, not going to send something like that this theft? time. I have no idea. It, I, mean, I just um, could not tell you. I, uh, the British Royal Mail is synonymous with kind of nicking fivers out of out of birthday cards <laughs> and so on. Yeah, maybe you know? it looked like it was like going to be money or something like that. So Possibly. people were like, ooh, and and went into it. And then they, Yoink. <laughs> then they got guilt tripped by a saint, a pendant mm. of a saint instead. So they're just going to have to Imagine deal that. with that. Yeah. Um, so mailers will be coming soon. I'm not sure that it's my birthday. I don't know if I will be sending them out this week, but they will be coming Within the next couple weeks. Uh, your so. birthday is coming up. It is coming up, yes. One On Saturday. I know, you, I know you like to celebrate. I know you... I do you like to fucking celebrate. Should, it being the most, you know, the highlight of the calendar. Um, Obviously. What do you have lined up? 
Uh, this this time around, um, I am going to see The Shark is Broken on Broadway. Oh, beautiful. Uh, yeah. Which is a play started out in the West End of London, mm-hmm. um, starring, written by and starring Ian Shaw, the son of Robert Shaw. Um, and he plays his father mm-hmm. in this play about Jaws. Uh, That's so, a rare honor, isn't it? Playing your own dad on stage. I know, right? It's mm. pretty, pretty cool. I'm stoked. Um, if you don't know, I'm a giant, not just a giant Jaws fan, but a huge Robert Shaw fan. And one of the like things that I grapple with often is the fact that there was never a point where my existence and his existence overlapped. Uh, mm. He was dead you know, a decade before I came along or whatever. <laughs> so it is going to be very cool to get to at least see his son. And um, you can't really see it from here, but I have a Quint action figure up there that I'm hoping to bring in and stage door after and try to get him to sign that is for nice. me. That is lovely. Yeah, hopefully, mm. hopefully that'll that'll happen and come through. So going to do that, going to get some ramen. Um, I don't know, maybe do some karaoke or something. I haven't done that in since pre-pandemic. Too I don't know. Long. We'll We'll see, but it mostly you haven't. Is, it, is that. that a fact? You haven't sang karaoke since before I've, the pandemic. Yeah, isn't that mm. wild? I used to do it, it every wild. week. I know you love it, mm. and I have not gone in. Although this is the wrong time to go and try to do that. I take it back. I'm not going to do that because everyone has COVID right now. Do you know? I am. Uh, I haven't tested this week, but I think if I had, I think it. it, it there's a good chance it would have been positive. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I, I don't think it's the, I, I don't feel as though my voice properly came back oh, after so all maybe in. It wasn't. You thought um, it was just screaming it out, and yeah, 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 yeah. But that. I, I, yeah. I still have a kind of a, a scratchy voice, and the the, the, yeah, the okay. amount of places I've been and people I've seen of late, it wouldn't. Yeah. I said me that so. I said that to Al because obviously mm. Al couldn't go because he ended up testing mm. positive for COVID, um, and I was like, I mean, given. The poor Lewis family immune systems and how many yes, people are yes. there. You guys are going to have it when you come back anyway. <laughs> it's yeah. like that's that's kind of seems like a given at this point. So, yeah, it remains, I'm not gonna, you know, not super popular. Like it remains. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. It's a big hit all yeah, over. Still um, hanging on in its tenacious and its popularity. Um, yes. <laughs> which means that we, we haven't really talked about all in, which means we haven't really talked no, about the situation. Right. Uh, yeah. And we aren't a wrestling podcast. We are not. No, but this is what, a dark thing. What we are is a couple this of is absolutely going to be on dark side of the ring in a few years. So a zillion percent. I'm going to um, say it counts. But let's talk the good start. first before we even yes. get like. Let's just talk, so you have never gotten to see AEW before. This is the first time AEW has come across the pond and yeah, given you a show over there, and you made exactly sure this. to see it. Yeah, and uh, it looks as though every other AEW fan in the UK said the same thing to themselves as I said to myself, yes. uh, which was that you know that nothing will stop us uh, all getting to that first ever show, and they allowed that to happen with Wembley Stadium. Fantastic. Um, yeah. And for, for for those of you who don't follow uh, pro wrestling, uh, it's hard to explain what's gone on in the last few days. Just one of its biggest stars have sel- has self-immolated his career in a way that everybody was right. basically looking at their watches expecting him to do, right? <laughs> yes, right, exactly. Uh, a, a diva, a guy ha- has performed exactly to type in the most atypical, predictable way. 
it's really quite something to see something play out. Something quite significant, like millions of dollars worth of contract kind of terminated, uh, you know, uh, backstage kind of violence, backstage kind of people, uh, their safety in jeopardy. Some, some uh, uh, by all accounts, quite fraught happenings going on while I was sat in that self-same stadium at Wembley Stadium. Having no the clue kids. that this is happening. No fucking clue this is happening. Um, I wonder if there are people who are sitting like closer to that part of the knows? the knows? stadium who like who knows? were watching this go down because I feel like there's going to be video. Listen, essentially, like I, I do. You guys had fun, right? First, first oh, of was, all, like you you brought terrific. your boys. Yeah. you had a wardrobe changed by the time you, you yeah, got there. Yeah, me and the kids. I got completely financially assaulted. Financially, <laughs> just honestly, it was as though this event was being held in Monaco or. <laughs> like you know, Dubai or somewhere, the prices in fucking Wembley right. Stadium were visionary. These fucking you got, prices. Well, you see, you got hit with an American promotion because this Yo. is what I always say about going to stuff in Britain is that I'm yeah. like everything's so cheap they don't mark it up when you Son go to a, a stadium. Merch, yeah. <laughs> food within Wembley Stadium, parking, yeah, uh, just the whole, just absolutely gave me the pole, mate, the absolute dick. <laughs> <laughs> so but, welcome to our world uh, thank you very much that, but it was that's what it's like for us it was um, worth every so, every red cent it was a fucking phenomenally exciting day i love that um yeah, and you ended up seeing something that is now going to be historic that has now turned out to be cm punk's <laughs> last CM ever punk's match last for a major match. promotion yes um and i'm i'm, I'm cock a hoop frankly i don't know where to begin i don't know what to say you're what <laughs> cock a hoop mate. cock a hoop yeah so get your hyphens out cock just like it sounds c-o-c-k sure. hyphen a hyphen hoop h-o-o-p cock a hoop <laughs> oh, okay take a stab at what what do you suspect that might mean cock a hoop yeah our british uh, millions our british m- millions of british listeners will know what that means no, you're going to have to, I, I can't even, like, it's the hoop that's a, because I can think, you know, you hear things like cockamamie <laughs> or something, like a skew or something, but what is, nope. what's the hoop? What's right. the... I'll take a stab at explaining it. If I'm cock-a-hoop, okay. right? Oh, mm-hmm. something has happened of such significance to me that I don't quite know what to do with myself. I don't quite know if I'm coming or going. I don't know. Oh, okay. Jesus, I'm cock-a-hoop. I simply don't <laughs> have a fucking clue what to do for the best. Okay. I was cock a hoop. There's just no etymology for that. That's just the term you use. <laughs> uh, well, it's, you know, oldie, worldie, British. <laughs> I'm just really concerned about this hoop. I don't, I, it's, that's where I, you're losing me. But I, I do understand what it means. I think it probably, I want to say it predates Shakespeare. I think it's Shakespearean, if not before. Here we go. Cock a hoop. Extremely and obviously pleased, especially about an achievement. The team is cock a hoop at winning its first game of the season. You're so fucking chuffed, you don't really know what <laughs> what to do with yourself. Uh, origin is unknown, etymology is unknown. So there you go, cock a hoop. Fair Tune enough. Tune in next okay, week, it's British just like all Joe Ag Oh yes, I'm so <laughs> delighted. I just I will I would just shit in my own hat. Cock a hoop. <laughs> You're n- no more phrases. Let's just <laughs> talk like a I made that one up. Now. I made that one up. 
<laughs> yeah, the gist of, you know, what we sort of know happened is there's some sort of dust up over whether or not oh, yeah, Jack yeah, Perry, yeah, the son of Luke Perry, yes. uh, for those who are not wrestling fans, you know a Luke Perry, uh, is whether or not he should use real glass in a stunt pulled during a match involving a limo. Mm. Um, Which this, came across great, by the way, in, in, the, it, in the stadium. It, it, it came over phenomenal. Great I was also yeah. very worried about the placement of the cut that he received mm. on the back of his arm. Um, but this resulted in a dust up between him and CM Punk, where he ended up sort of saying something cheeky to the camera, uh, like it was it was real glass. Cry about it or something like that. That was aimed at CM Punk. And once uh, Perry got off of the or backstage or whatever um he was allegedly basically jumped by cm punk choked out but i mean it choked is the... out which caused allegedly like monitors to fall on tony khan and yeah, like yeah, bystanders sure. to get caught up in the like mayhem of this happening the circumstances leading up to the brouhaha aren't as important to me as uh how just just watching someone self-immolate like this and get right. yeah, exactly. publicly sacked on TV by his boss. It doesn't happen. Yeah. And it's out of storyline um, in as much as anything is truly out of storyline, storyline in, in, in obviously in the business. But yeah. it is it is glorious watching something play out in the it's the biggest version of itself that it could have been. We were all expecting this to happen, but right. a public <laughs> sacking in front of kind of, you know, four or five hundred thousand people. Right, being publicly fucking out. sacked by your boss. That's incredible. Right. Uh, and has played out just, it couldn't have played out any more atypically. It couldn't have, <laughs> it's the best version of the obvious outcome that could have been. It's exactly what we all knew would happen, but yeah, right. crazy. So yeah, we weren't just seeing uh, CM Punk's first AEW match in the UK. It turns out we, we were probably looking at his last ever major match. Yeah, and I I am very much looking forward to just like like mm. because this was such a public freak out on his part. Like there are certainly videos and things like that, and you know this will end up eventually on Dark Side of the Ring and stuff like that. But a I just want to yes. just stuff a leak and uh, it will. I mean, I my boys and I knew it. that it was it was you know we were attending history. We were turning up uh, <laughs> to be a part of history that day, but you know. Little did we know, little did we know. Little did you know. Yes. So, so I'm glad you guys fun had fun. And good. And yeah, and this is this is just great sort of wrestling goss. And yeah. you know, I'm not a punk fan, so it's like a little bit validating, but also mm. <laughs> just kind of the like, I, wow, just watching someone flame out like that over the course of... He came back like less than a month ago, and it was like, well, we'll see how long this lasts. Yeah, Could not have all possibly... Um, expected <laughs> until we saw him appearing in his cameo in rabid last week oh yeah <laughs> it was very much my plan to go in a cm punk t-shirt i mean i'm a bald bearded white bloke yeah. in my 40s wearing mm. camouflage kind of trousers and a cm punk t-shirt it's like i was cosplaying as toxic like a toxic <laughs> uh you know masculine dad um, yeah pretty much <laughs> i'm all right i don't I, you know i don't feel as though i am toxic but that outfit would have absolutely coded me a particular way yeah definitely <laughs> uh, yes so that happened. and then this weekend we went to a comedy festival so this weekend yeah. um tickets landed in our family's lap 
to a comedy festival. And again, just one more vector that I think, one more approach vector that I'm reasonably sure if I were to test, if I were to test right now, right, on the cast, if I were to go upstairs, and I'm sure we've got a test kicking around, if I were to stick, remember the stick, stick the old stick up the old nose, remember that? I still take them anytime I get sick. There you go. Um, if I were to do that now, I'm pretty sure I would, uh, uh, I would have the two lines, but I'm not going to do it. Plus, I'm not, I'm, I'm well, not traveling anywhere the next few days. Yeah, as long as you're not going anywhere, exactly. It's fine. But I don't want to hear you going to the no, gym no, 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 without no, 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 taking no. that test. I would, <laughs> That's I would not, I'm, I'm not going to do that. No. <laughs> I just, you know, this is my regular call out to everyone: mm. don't get the rest of us sick. If you think you're sick. Yep. Stay home. It's and just like if you have to go out, you got to go to the store and get your meds. Wear a fucking mask. It is not mask. that hard. It's Stop easy to do. making you did it people for years. sick who don't need to be sick. No need to Please. do it, mate. What kind of dickhead <laughs> are you? What kind of fucking absolute plum are you? <laughs> so all I ask is stop getting people sick. There's just yeah. no reason. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. I am still concerned. I mean, yes, I've had a hiatus, but I'm still concerned with the same old things. I still think we, within our lifetimes, you and I, Corrigan, will see at least the beginnings of the end of the world. You know, the the kind of the Ooh. I think the last days are within our lifetimes. Jesus I think Christ. We, I think we'll be able to start seeing those within the next 30, 40 years. Uncontrofutable, incontrovertible evidence of societal collapse. Uh, yeah. Because of climate, because of you know our own Plague. actions, because of humanity, because of humanity's imprint. Yeah, you know it's been. I've been doing a lot of work for Wisecrack lately, um, yeah. beyond like my normal outlining or strip, script writing, um, and like working on sort of the ideas and and going through read throughs and um, you know sort of figuring out how things are going to work and all that kind yes. of stuff. And one of our like things is that like we often write about topics that are like kind of depressing like that mm. and we have like you know to the point where uh, our most recent video was on climate change and when we uh did like we do like a table read sort of situation yeah and as we were going through this me and and helen the 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 one who was the host for that particular episode were like particularly just like getting angry you know and raging yeah. and when and when she recorded that video there are points in that video where you can see that she's close to tears yeah, and people man. in it's, the it's tough not to be it's impossible not right to be. You and people be, in the comments really sort of resonated with that where they're like god yeah. like i feel exactly the way she does right now and that's not like we're kind of like a comedy education channel like you know sure, 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 but sure. a lot of the stuff that we keep dealing with it's this yeah. like it's really hard to we always try to put a silver lining on it or like a here's what you can do or something like that because our point isn't to leave people feeling no no helpless oh, or shit. hopeless yeah open a vein uh, but that has been one of those things that we've been struggling with lately is like it's there's so much going on that is this like societal collapse and climate yeah. collapse and all of these kinds of things. And we're like, you know, we're just a group of people in our twenties and thirties like yes. writing these scripts. Like we don't know how to solve all this. And it like feels, yeah, very end of the world. -y. <laughs> like well, yeah, no one's fixing of... it. As no, you research no it, you realize no one is making the big leaps that need to be made for yes. this to not kill us all. 
that is the central, you know, pillar of my entire thesis as I live and breathe that I think it's too late. And I've said this time and time and time again, I think it's too late. I think now we're just pissing into the wind and, and I think now all, all, all that there is is for it to play out. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the rub is that like it isn't too late in a if we changed things it would be yes. too late way. Yes, yes. It's yeah. it's that we like so the climate change video that we just did was specifically about like the idea that climate denialism won because okay. not only are there climate deniers, <laughs> climate change deniers, uh, but that the rest of us have kind of become de facto climate change deniers in our, like, A, like, just inability to make any changes ourselves, for one, because it feels useless, right? So we like, might as well be. We may as well be deniers. Right, so we're just like, we have that, you know, it's mm-hmm. like when people say there's no ethical consumption under capitalism, so I might as well get shine halls or sheen halls or whatever, you know? Yes, it's like, so course. I'm just going to buy a bunch of fast fashion because, you know, there's no way to ethically consume. Mm. And it's like, we can't be like, no, we are not the biggest polluters on the planet, but also we need to be able to make changes <laughs> in order to, you know, fix anything. So we've become apathetic in that way, um, and we've been sort of manipulated into the narratives of like these big corporations that we can buy our way into saving the planet. You yes. know, you can carbon offset, you can buy yeah. uh, bamboo straws, you can, you know, whatever. <laughs> and by purchasing more, yes. somehow you are going to save the planet and things like that. And just stuff like that, you know, the, it feels, it, it feels, it feels like we don't and have the will yes. anymore. If, if I wasn't me and I heard me going, eh, it's too late meh, and crying about it. <laughs> I would think, oh, that guy sounds, you know, get off your butt. But I think that in itself is the narrative. The narrative that if we split up our recycling and, you know, if if we make individual effort, then we're feeling as though we've done our bit and that we can maybe... Yeah, it's out, such a double-edged sword yes, like yes, yes. yeah like well i've done i've done my thing so you know what more can i do or whatever as opposed to like you know the things that we can do like if we didn't eat meat or if we stopped driving or mm. things like that that like would require something of us but then that but even what's it, the who's the meat industry going to sell meat to or who is the who are the yes. fossil fuel companies going to sell it, petrol to if we stop doing that difference right so like if we're not willing to make any like make the demand go down mm. why would they stop making the stuff <laughs> you know they're yes. going to keep continuing to do that so we we've apathied our way into being unwilling to do anything hard so um, that is where I find myself. That's where I find myself yeah. at the end of this summer, at the end of summer 2023 on Jack of All Graves. <laughs> I had a great time Paytas. at the end yes, of the world. I did. This is this is where I find myself. Um, I, I wouldn't yeah. enjoy hearing myself say it, but uh, I still believe that things are three years more futile than they were three years ago when we when we kicked off right. our mission. Yeah, I think, you know, we started with this sort of tongue-in-cheek angle of, like, this is the chronicle of the end of the world. (laughs) As it moves forward, it only sort of seems more and more that that's a little bit accurate. Oh, it was bang on. We nailed it first time. (laughs) Yeah, got it in one. Yeah. Good job, Joag. Uh, But, you know, (laughs) I... I like to think that everything we try to do isn't completely in vain. This is, you Mm. know... 
I, I write for a channel that hopefully inspires the you know tens to hundreds of thousands of people who watch every one of our videos and stuff like that and hopefully you can that must feel nice yes yeah i mean that's the thing is it's like it's that combination of like a sense of futility and a sense that like regardless i have to yeah. try you know well that's it isn't it that's <laughs> right that's just am it. i gonna be just sitting here watching it happen fuck no mm. I'm going to at least be able to say I fought it. I think that that's worth worthwhile. Yes, and it is. It has to be, doesn't it? <laughs> Otherwise, what is but, the point? <laughs> yeah, but this is the balance of Joag nonetheless. I think, you know, your great summer at the end of which you've determined it's the end of the world is kind of the idea, yeah. right? Like it's yeah. a... Yes, yes. You know, there needs to be... If you don't have... Techniques. Well, and yeah, and if you don't have some joy and purpose mm. and things like that and something driving you then you're useless in the fight against dystopia anyway yes you know, there has to be something people who are completely beaten down by this world and that's not their own fault necessarily if you live in a place that's getting flooded out and you know you're if you're in maui right now or something like that's not your fault if uh you don't have the spoons or resources to um, you know, fight anything right now. Mm. But for those of us who can find some other joy and things like that, that's the kind of thing that strengthens us. Well, yeah, that that is the whole point, isn't it? Fight. It's the finding joy. It's it's the knowing that joy mm. is there. That's yes. that's the whole point. In in the face of all of that uh, certainty and and inevitability, I've said this all along. I've said this for three years now. That's the whole point. Is having yes. a bit of a chortle along the way, isn't it, gang? Eh. <laughs> Here, here. Maybe catching a couple flicks along the ride, eh? Uh, yes, most certainly. Which, you know, for your pleasure and ours, we continue to do week in, week out, Cory and I. Uh, <laughs> it be, You know, I, I think, I'm sure I speak for you when I say that one of the things we found out very quickly when we were in the uh, early days of Jack of All Graves was how much we enjoyed putting on a film with the time difference and mm -hmm. synchronizing our hitting of play across the planet and watching a movie with the, the planet between us. Um, yes, and, and talking. Oh, I was just gonna say, and since you know you had been away for the yeah. summer, and we did watch a few things, but you know, uh, you had just gone. Where where were you? You were oh, you were in Wales for a week, and yep. I think you know we haven't been talking all that much. I have I've sort of uh, been very proactively like, hey Mark, want to watch a movie? So <laughs> I've been catching up on our little hangouts lately, and watched several <laughs> movies together. <laughs> Uh, you sounded like a Muppet then. You sounded like a little Muppet. I am a Muppet. In a good way. <laughs> oh, good. Phew. Yes. <laughs> I am a I Muppet. Was... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just, I spend so much time every day walking around the house singing that, like, Am I a Man or a Muppet song. So yes. It feels right. Um, amongst the movies that we have watched together of late, The Passenger. Now We've talked about Rabid, haven't we? We've we did gone talk through... about Rabid, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, now, The Passenger. I, Richard, I have yet to find a name for my compulsion to rate movies oh, by the time, you know, before <laughs> the fucking credits have finished, the opening credits have finished rolling. Um, yes, we did have multiple people give you names for... Um, you waving your arms around, but uh, yes, not so much and on thank that. you. It yes, gesticulating is there. It's close. I'm talking about is there a name for people who 
gesticulate as part of their uh, kind of instinctive communication style? Is there right. a word yeah, yeah. for communicating for bodily as a preference? You know, as an mm. instinct. Um, so I'm still I'm still wondering what that is. All right, we'll work on that. We'll still try to figure that. Yeah, out. we will. Ah, however, talking about rating pr- compulsive rating of properties before they've even started, the passenger. Mm-hmm. One that you brought to the table. I did, yes. Uh, one that you placed before us and one that overperformed in what I was expecting because, you know, when you see the Bloomhouse title card, <laughs> you see Bloomhouse and immediately yeah. you, you, you go a certain place, don't you? Your mind takes sure. you to a certain place of safety. Mm-hmm, right. Um... Sort of you the know, broadest audience for horror. So kind of. broad. Whether yeah. you're on a date or whether you're bored on your own, you'll enjoy this on the same level. Right. Um, you might squeeze someone's hand in tension or you might... Uh, but it's, you know, it's not going to blow you away. Or at least, you know, that's that's how you feel when you see the Bloomhouse title, isn't it? But sure. The Passenger wasn't that. Yeah. Do you want to explain it? Do you want to... Right. Having seen no trailer or had no clue what it was I was about to watch, simply reading the three or four line description of it on the streaming site that I watched it on, the vibe it gives is that of uh, a uh, of a kind of a version of if Henry portrayed of a serial killer, if Henry was for younger kids, not kids as <laughs> such, but younger adults. Right. Yeah. Um. Imagine a Bloomhouse. Imagine Henry via Bloomhouse, and mm-hmm. I think that's the where the passenger kind of plays vibe wise. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 story on paper is that of a, a guy in his twenties who you know lives in a quite a rural, quite a small town, not much going on. Is you know second or third in line to manage a local drive-through burger joint that he works at. Um, you know, rinse and repeat. Every day is exactly the same. Boring kind of um, life of little impact until one of his co-workers kind of just flips, pick, takes a shotgun out of his car and starts to carve a bloody path of aimless, angry murder um, with his co-worker along in the passenger seat for the ride as, as through the course of a day of bloodshed, uh, questions are asked and old memories are, and you know, are turned around and played with. And it was a big surprise, a big surprise. Yeah. It's far better than I might have made it sound, and that came as, as a surprise. I'm not... Look, look, Jason Bloom has a lot to... You know, we have a lot to be grateful to him for. Indeed. Yes? I don't yeah. think anyone would argue that horror's current, you know, time of milk and honey that it seems to be in is due in no small part to that man and his... You know his his talent for PR more than anything else, mm-hmm. right? You know, he's, exactly, he's, he's, he's and knowing horror. what audiences yes. want to see. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the thing is like Bloomhouse is kind of you think of it as sort of a safe uh, yes. production company or whatever. But you know, you got stuff like Nope came from not Nope. Um, what's your first one? Get Out was uh, Bloomhouse, okay. wasn't it? Yes, and and in fact, I went to the premiere of that, and Jason Bloom was there. Um, and you've got like stuff that's like really fun, you know. You've got your happy death days and things like yeah. that. And like like ultimately, the thing about Bloomhouse movies is, at minimum, the vast majority of them are at least a good time, you know. Yes, 
Um, and then some of them are a very good time. <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> as was The Passenger, which while I think I wasn't a zillion miles away uh, from the vibe after, after you know, after after just reading a little about it, it it's 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 the best version of that that you could imagine. It's lovely and bleak. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you know, I enjoy when you see human blood and innards in a horror movie. I enjoy <laughs> it when you see kind of in it's... people. And yes. uh, there's plenty of that, you know, it's it's it makes you stand up and sit up and pay attention in terms of the gore, surprising blasts of gore yeah. here and there, which keep you interested. Um, but yeah, it's 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 surprising. It asks you. Are you your past? Can you escape your past? Should you? Blah blah blah. It's, it's, it's. It it has kind of uh, ambitions of introspection. It 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 clearly is asking questions of itself, uh, but it's it's a lovely looking film, and uh, great in the sum of its parts. I'm really grateful that you brought it my way. Excellent. Yeah, I had a really fun mm. time with it, and it's Kyle Gallner who is you know generally a good watch, whether the movies are good or not. Mm. He's pretty good as a horror actor so always fun to see there yeah nice one let me think i saw dungeons and dragons for a third time <laughs> with my boy peter it was his first time um, love that and i realized you know it'd been on for half an hour without me realizing it so i thought ah fuck it let's just watch this again and <laughs> remains a, a, a solid four and a half i have no notes on that film it's just it's great knocked it out of the park first time nice job lads everybody involved yeah, that's it's just a great movie. I mm. every time I watch it, I like it more than last time I watched it. And I think I've watched it like four times now, and that is wow. you know, like you watched well, it, it three. It's <laughs> oh, not no, a for, huge for leap between the any two. Any movie to bring me back more than once, it has to be doing right. something very, very, very right. Especially for something that came out in April, it's not like oh, I've watched it four times over yeah. five years. You know, it's like I've watched it four times it's over six months, four and a half months. You know, mm. <laughs> like, that's like. That's wild. Um, so yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. If you haven't seen it yet, like, what have you been doing? You gotta watch it. It's it's just such a treasure. Uh, and the summer is ending, isn't it? The summer is the summer. The summer holidays being over is a big landmark, a big milestone to me through the year. Uh, dark earlier, you know, dark longer. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 good times from here as you roll down into kind of uh, autumn and December and so on. What are you talking about? Just I like this time of year is what I'm talking about. I enjoy. <laughs> this has nothing ends. to do with Dungeons and Dragons, right? This is just. I know this is this is insight. just how yeah this is how I'm feeling about the year in general, where we find ourselves in 2023. <laughs> okay. You can see why I asked you if you were high before I, this, I, right? I I can see that, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm hey, I'm podcasting. I'm just I'm remembering it's how to just, podcast. I'm sharing right. It's coming back bit by bit. It's like a little bit yeah. of like there's some glitching. <laughs> every now and again um, yes i haven't done this for a bit i'm, I'm just I'm, I'm finding my way through it and we also attempted to watch new nightmare the other day oh. um which is have a blast. you missed how quickly i can fall asleep during a movie <laughs> right it had been a minute since you'd done this just completely disappeared yeah. like yeah. 15 minutes into a movie and i and never heard from again Actually, um, i just plummeted it just yeah off a cliff, wow. just gone. Immediate, immediate unconsciousness. It was good. Yes, but I watched the whole thing um, because I uh, love New Nightmare. Up. Good. Oh, it's great. It holds up every time mm, I watch it. I it's 
honestly might be my favorite of all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, mm. <laughs> um, which explains obviously like I love Scream so much and it is the closest to Scream, especially Scream 3, which is yeah. like very much this. <laughs> um, obviously, yeah. Scream doesn't have the supernatural element to it, which is what separates them. But like, yeah, New Nightmare and Scream 3 are very similar movies. I love them. Um, so watching through that is a delight. If you've never seen New Nightmare, it's like a meta Nightmare on mm. Elm Street in which the actors <laughs> from the Nightmare on Elm Street series play themselves uh, being terrorized by it's, it's the one Freddy that elevates the, the series, isn't it? Let's be honest. Right. It's the one yeah. that puts it on a completely different plateau of of kind of quality uh, than its contemporaries. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you don't you don't get this in any of the other slasher no. franchises that are happening. It puts it's why Wes Craven is no. so good yes. at what he did, you know. Um and as like if you read people's reviews on Letterboxd and stuff like that over and over and over again, people just acknowledge like you wouldn't get so many of your favorite mm. horror movies if this movie hadn't been it's made. True. It's just so influential in and in, in boundary pushing in what it was doing. And you can look at its contemporaries, right? You can look at its contemporary slasher properties. And I think they've all got a moment where they've got a choice and they've got to do something different this time or they're fucked, right? right. Yeah. That was Jason X for Friday the 13th. <laughs> that was their new nightmare moment, right? We've got right. to do something different to differentiate ourselves here or we're fucked. Yeah. Uh, for Halloween, I th- it was H2O probably. Sure. Um, yeah. We're going to just rub out... Or it was the one with Exhibit... Oh, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but enough right. said. That tells you all you yeah. need to know about fucking Halloween and how shit that is. Yeah, um, right. For Chucky, <laughs> the less said, it was the better. Bride of Chucky and we'll go comedy. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That was its right? swing. Yeah. But all mm-hmm. of, uh, Leprechaun was in space, obviously, like Jason. But mm-hmm. um, you can see past like three, four, five, six chapters, a series has to push a fucking button and take a swing. And... Yeah. Uh, this, the Elm Street swing just happened to fucking go, you know, out of the baseball field. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Park. Home run. There you go. Is that the one? Yes. uh, It's a a grand slam, (laughs) if you will. (laughs) Yes. And rightly will forever be talked about as a a classic, something that gave an entire genre an absolute kick up the pods <laughs> yes and, and to that end you know what you and i both stayed awake for but watched separately as another yes. west craven joint uh red eye which like kind yeah. of had this resurgence i think yeah. nobody had really talked about it in you know a dick i mean it's gosh it's so much older than i realized that it is um but yes. it uh with oppenheimer you know people were looking for their killian murphy fix and i think it just came to a streaming service here and so it all did. of a sudden just we all just here. yeah we all just started watching red eye uh, so let me tell you what i think because i i was one of those people right i was a a, a you know uh, a red eye watcher a recent red eye rewatcher yeah. You know that I love the no signal on my phone joke mm-hmm. or gag. I love it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if only I could just make one single phone call to the emergency services, this movie is solved. But mm-hmm. I just don't have signal. I think, I think, and I'd love someone to prove me wrong. I would love someone to argue because I don't think anyone will. 
I think Red Eye, uh, Wes Craven's Red Eye, which I think was 2005, right? Something like that, yeah. I think Red Eye contains the first ever, um, oh shit, I've bought a mobile phone, but it's out of signal, damn, otherwise the film would have been fixed, gag. I think Red Eye was the first one. I, um, I feel like I'm slightly skeptical of that, but it is surely an early one, if not the first. I mm. mean, because that's the thing is, before that, it wasn't necessarily a given that you had a phone. <laughs> so you didn't mm. necessarily have to excuse uh, a storyline because um, oh, well, the kids would wh- have while, a phone or whatever. While driving home from the airport, uh, our heroine buys a burner phone from a newsagent and rips it out of the blister pack. And turns it on. No service. So they make a whole thing about her buying this phone and it not working. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I believe that was the first time that I'd, that I'd seen that done. Please prove me wrong or confirm if you want. You know, if Wes, if you were Wes Craven's friend and he was making it and he told you, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be the voice to do it. You know. <laughs> the voiced. That's right. That's how he spoke. Okay. <laughs> yeah, if you have some way of knowing that, please do mm. inform us. If there's some YouTuber or something that has traced the origins of this or whatever, mm. would love to know if we can trace the OG and if I really would. this is it. Because I, I, I notice it about every film. I It's one of two films I always notice. I'll notice when a film says its own name, obviously, and I will always notice when there's no signal in a movie. Mm. Um, you know, what's really funny is with um, The Passenger, for a good chunk of that movie, I assumed that it took place in like the 90s. And so I didn't question it because, they, yeah, they didn't bring up. Any, yeah. And then at one point, the, you know, Kyle Gallner's character was like, where's your phone? I was like, oh, yeah, I was, gonna, oh, I, I was <laughs> literally going to ask you. And when they did find <laughs> when they did pull out a mobile, it was like an old clamshell kind yeah, of right. old school. Um, so, yeah, without without. Uh, doing it overtly, I think that film was like 15 years old in the past. It's like a 15 year. Yeah, something uh, like that. And print. the the teacher in it has a razor, uh, yes, so that would put it around like flip. yeah, 2000. Yeah. Nice, good. 2005 ish. Yeah, good spot. <laughs> it's a great movie, just a really good. Movie. Yeah, yeah, so good. Watch mm. the passenger. Um, I also um watched a old movie from I think 1955 called The Night of the Hunter. Which Ooh. I've seen, you may have seen like this sort of it classic image from it. And and I've wanted to watch it, like see, having seen this image a million times of like, it's Robert Mitchum and he's like mm. kind of leaning against um, like someone's front porch and he has his hand on like the rail and like his knuckles have like love and hate tattoos on them. So it's like the very early version of this, but he's a pastor. It's not like now you see that as like, oh, motorcycle gangs or like yeah. whatever, these like hardcore guys. Yeah. But he's he's a traveling preacher, essentially. And he has oh, these nice. love and hate tattoos. Ass. Um, I mean, in a bad way. So he's a serial yeah. killer, a serial killing oh. preacher um, who finds out basically that uh his cellmate had uh, been sentenced to death after stealing $10,000 from a bank and killing the guards. And he left that $10,000 somewhere at his home with his wife and children. And so this preacher, uh, when he's released from jail, basically goes and like woos the wife to try to figure out where that money is so that he can take it. 
Um, and it's terrifying. <laughs> Robert Mitchum, Mitchum is so scary in this. Mm. Um, there's some real uh, James Ag wrote it, who is an author I really like from from that era. Um, he uh, it's shot beautifully. There's some things in that that you've just like ha- haven't seen before in movies. Mm. There's like these like at the time beautiful underwater haunting shots, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, Really gorgeous, uh, yeah, really scary. Like, I was stressed out, uh, the entire time that I was watching this. Of you know, like, largely you end up with these kids kind of on their own trying to, mm. you know, adults don't believe them, things like mm-hmm. that. He's he's making everyone fall for him and all of this kind of stuff as he's able to, um, yeah, just manipulate entire situations and kill people and mm. <laughs> all of this stuff. Night of the Hunter is absolutely worth your time. And I got it with my library card, used my library card, and it is on Hoopla. If you have a library card, get the Hoopla app. You then log in and it streams to you from the library's Hoopla. Yeah. Excellent. I really like that. Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm Mm. sure there's probably something like, well, I don't know. I don't know how British libraries work. We talked about that last week. But in (laughs) the United States, if you have a library card... You too can probably use Hoopla, and there's a whole lending library of movies on there. All you need is a library card, no oh. fees or anything like that to watch stuff. I love that. It's Thank beautiful. you. But I also <laughs> watched Roadhouse for the first time. Have you ever seen Roadhouse? Right. Okay. So it's. I, I think I'm probably one of the only people, you know, of of my generation or my friend group right. or my family group, not to have seen Roadhouse. Everybody else. <laughs> Has seen Roadhouse, but I have not seen Roadhouse. Yeah, okay. It's baffling as yeah. a film. I think maybe oh, okay. if I were a man, like a very straight heterosexual <laughs> man, I don't know, like, because it is very homoerotic, but like yes. if I were like a, a guy who like was like, men drink beer and grab titties, like that would be like, I'd be really into this movie, I guess. I don't know. It is, there's no point to this movie at all. Uh, and it's funny. I was like, I watched this whole thing. Like, I feel like just with my hands on my head, like, why do people like, <laughs> why is this a classic film? This is not even, this is stretching the definition of what a movie is. I love that. <laughs> like, it's about a bouncer who's so good at being a bouncer, he's got a reputation as a great bouncer, and so he's supposed to, like... Does he grab titties? He doesn't grab titties, but everybody else grabs... Well, I mean, some, but consensually for him. Uh, But, like, he's supposed to save this rich guy's bar or whatever from, like the seedy element that is underneath it. Meanwhile, there's, like, another rich guy who's, like, doing shady things. But, like... 80% of this movie is like watching someone run a business like in a mundane way so it's like he's standing in the corner of a bar and then someone kind of does something they maybe shouldn't be doing and then he nods at someone licking his finger and counting bills (laughs) like yeah 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 yeah. and then like the band plays for like an entire song with no nothing else going on like just six minutes of the band playing and then like here's Literally, there were times when there were like entire scenes of just mm. two people talking in one location <laughs> for like 15 minutes. About work. Mm. No change. <laughs> just same spot for 15. I was like, this is not filmmaking. What the fuck is this? 
so boring. Well, and then it, it is. just like it really is. Es- I mean, <laughs> it escalates the... like insanely in the last twenty minutes. Like he rips a guy's throat out with his bare hands. I was gonna say it's known for a throat rip. Right, for no reason. Uh, and it feels like he is—he doesn't grapple with this at all. <laughs> this is not a man who murders people, but he doesn't seem bothered and like super casually just like dethroats a man. Um, it's there's a monster truck for no reason. Like it's just—it's literally just like if you put a whole bunch of like scenes AI dudes creative. wanted to see. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. And then like you had to fill it, so you're just like, I don't know, like show him going to work. <laughs> So dudes do, dudes work. Awful. Dudes work, and then they grab titties, and they drink Obviously, beers. Obviously, that's what we do. <laughs> uh, you've made me want to see it. You've sold it to me. It's a, it's so boring. Mm. So goddamn boring. I never, I am beside myself, that's all. I mm. just like have never been anyway. so, yeah, I've never been so baffled by... Mm watching a movie and being like like there are a lot of movies that people like that i don't get but i understand why you like skinnamarink more than i understand why anyone um, would enjoy like, watching we never Roadhouse. did uh we never did go back to that uh to skinnamarink no no the other one the other one that we watched the first eight oh, minutes of for yeah, a half yeah. an hour i was thinking about that I yesterday that, you know I've explained that to a few other people and they don't they don't love it as much as I do. The fact that we saw like the first eight minutes of that film on a loop for, for like a good 35 kind of minutes, hour, 45 minutes. Yeah, um, I just I love it. I really enjoy it. Um, but we should go uh, back to that. Us. We should finish that off one. We should. Yeah. Someone yeah. mentioned they watched it yesterday and I was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, we should really watch that. The Outlands? The Outwaters? Outlanders. Outwaters. Outwaters, The Outlands. It's yeah, either land or water. One of them. <laughs> one of yeah, those. we'll go back. We'll give it its due. Uh, yes. Anyways, uh, we've got like we're doing something a little different this month. We are, yes. I mean, some topics, some uh areas of interest. They they warrant more than a, the briefest of conversations, right? They warrant yes. more than a cursory kind of ha 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 list of things of a thing that that right. some podcasts maybe us among them are guilty of sometimes doing and i've got a particular <laughs> bee in my bonnet because I've, I've got a i've got a, a, a visit to the hospital coming up right right um, yeah i don't know if it comes across on camera if you can see it or not but i've got like a little inpatient thing it's very small it's not it's not my penis just before <laughs> We go any wow. further, it is nothing to do with my penis. It's my eyelid. My lower eyelid has like a cyst in it that I'm going to have to get excised in the next few months. Um, and it's got me thinking of hospitals. It's got me kind of with hospitals. A bee in my bonnet about them. <laughs> <sighs> you know, all right, yes, I've been away, but I haven't been away, away. I mean, I'm still here. I'm still doing, I've, I've still been doing the same things that, that I was doing just wasn't doing a podcast. I'm still getting hung up on stuff. I'm still getting, you know, preoccupied with stuff. And uh, some crimes are like water cooler crimes, aren't they? For a nation. Mm, right? Like they, it just becomes the conversation everybody's talking exactly. about. Exactly. And um, I'm still, you know, whether it's your, your WhatsApp groups or whether it's your workplace or whether it's you know your college or 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 your the house that you share with people 
some national events, some crimes seize the public interest and seize the national conversation uh, and kind of grab a hold on you. And whether it's with me dealing with hospitals, whether it's seeing the inside of hospitals writ large on TV these last kind of six weeks, uh, you can't you can't not want to discuss it on a podcast like this. Right. Because everybody <laughs> fucking goes there at some point. That's the thing. Yeah, it's hard to avoid the hospital. And yes, the, the mechanism by which you end up there between you and I is totally different. And that is not what I'm discussing here. Right. I'm not discussing. Once you end up in a hospital, a hospital is hospital, I think, for the two of us. You know? Sure. Um, But it's what, what hospital represents also. And I've seen this in time and time again over the articles I've been reading the past few days. If you're a personality who is predisposed to want to harm other people or cause mm. harm, um, if there's something in your makeup, if there's something, if it's a hang-up of yours where you are given to wanting to harm others, it follows, does it not, that you would choose a job, an environment, a career, uh, a trade where, by their very nature, the vulnerable and the sick are in ready supply. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And history, modern, ancient, current history is replete, replete with examples of those for whom their psychology, for whom their, their makeup is directing them to harm other, others. And, and where, where do you find an abundance of victims? A hospital. Everybody, by their nature, when they interact with a hospital, is is vulnerable somehow. Yes, absolutely. Uh, kind of, you're you're inherently sort of leaving your body in the hands of yes. other people, and you have yes. to trust that to trust. they're going to do the right thing with it. Mm. That um, sorry, Gaucho. Hey, Gouch. He just woke up and he's being scrappy when he's Sorry. a good dog he's a good dog <laughs> he's a good little old man but you have to trust that like they're going to you know do what's right that they yeah. want good things for you that the hippocratic yeah. oath means something for you because yeah. once they put you in that bed or on that table or whatever the case may be you are at their mercy and again it takes me beyond empathy i can't i can't i can't what is there to cling on to there what is there to what is there to relate to? How do you find something to treat or to possibly rehabilitate or work on? What is there in the face of somebody who, who makes a career out of preying on the vulnerable? Uh, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you make that work? How do you rationalize that? Right. Which, Sickness so on I that guess... scale, you know. And I'm not. I'm not talking about the more, the most recent case of Lucy Levy, right? I, I, one of, one of the cases that I just can't get my head around is. For, uh, I'm and I'm certain I've spoken to you about him before. A guy by the name of David Fuller, right? Um, who Britain's most prolific and committed necrophile, a guy who oh, was yes, right, yep. Um, he was the one you watched the documentary about a few months ago, yes? Yeah, exactly. This he was actually caught. Uh, he was wanted for two murders in 1987. He killed. Uh, two girls in his hometown, a, a very similar MO, broke into their homes, sexually abused them, murdered them. Um, and 
one of these fascinating, endlessly fascinating cases to me where incremental kind of improvements in DNA, uh, you know, um, uh, and forensic technology is, you know, concurrent with this guy getting closer and closer to justice. It was familial DNA that ended up, um, you know, linking David Fuller to these two murders. But yeah, just more and more commonly the case. Yes. Familial DNA, this this process of being able to 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 kind of triangulate the likelihood of somebody, you know, having a profile here based on markers in their in their in their kin. But and it, honestly, some scenes in some documentaries just echo and, and just land so so well. This documentary that I saw of late that you referred to just there of is of police searching uh, Fuller's bedroom and, and office in his home after arresting him for this this murder from you know from the eighties eighty uh, sorry from eight, what did I say eighty seven yeah eighty seven long 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 crime long ago this crime. And they're leafing through photo albums, right? And one cop mm-hmm. calls over to a colleague, mate, look at these. Is this me or does do these photos look, is that, are they dead? Are these guys dead in this photo album? And they've got just pages and pages and pages of Polaroids, right? Of posed corpses, um, arranged corpses, corpses being handled, touched, molested, photographed. And then immediately after that, after immediately after they find the photo album, they find hard drives, like a little kind of a, a stuck compartment on the back of a filing cabinet, terabytes, two terabytes worth of hard drives of necrophilia, homemade necrophiliac pornography that this geezer had made himself over decades working in uh, the, the kind of electrician uh, kind of trade with full access to mortuaries in two hospitals that he worked in. Right. Um, carefully catalogued right names ages uh all all meticulously catalogued throughout this journal of of just frankly poor behavior that he exhibited in his his time in this office yeah that's a good way of putting it can we at least agree on that yeah um uh age and gender seemingly proving no barrier i think i'm right in saying that that they were all female, but we're talking ages ranging, ranging. I believe one of the ladies abused was in her nineties. Her body was in her nineties, all the way to um, victims of childhood. Um, the 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 families of these of these victims being needed to be traced and told that this had been happening to your loved one, even after death, even after death, even in death. There's someone who can fuck with you at the hospital, quite literally, right? right. Even yes. even after you've died, you're not. You know, there's still individual, there's still human element in the processes of your death after the event. So you're not quite safe at the hospital yeah. yet until, you know, until you're out of there. Um, right. Or at an all-timer, David Fuller, the most, you know, the most committed and prestigious and prolific necrophile certainly in british history right yeah or at least we hope so uh (laughs) maybe not everyone documented everything as well as he did but certainly i would hope that that is that's the case um Mm. and to all of this i mean this is kind of where we're going with this bunch of episodes of undo is look at sort of different elements of the horrors of the hospital (laughs) and the the various ways in which you know, we, we leave ourselves, our bodies, our lives in the hands of people or our deaths in the hands of people. Um, 
and not only not only maliciously, but sometimes accidentally, mm. um, you know, negligently, things like that. Things can happen to us uh, that are horrifying, that are life altering, um, you know, deeply troubling. <laughs> I've talked before of, you know, one my uh, my father in law, right, who went to the uh, hospital for like an ankle surgery, ended up with MRSA and got his leg amputated. Um, oh, wait, you whoa, know... whoa, 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 what is MRSA? Uh, MRSA, I don't remember off the top of my head what it stands for, but it's an infection that can okay. spread in like hospitals. Staph, like streptococcus kind Re- of like, like a... Yeah, exactly. It's that kind of thing where it's just, mm. you know, I think I want to say it's a bacterial infection, but I'm not entirely sure. Sepsis, but... that kind of thing. Is that it's... what we do? Yeah. Yeah, it's something that, you know, people can get in hospitals for various reasons. Oh, this was your reasons. father-in-law. What happened to the guy? What happened to him? He doesn't yeah. have a leg. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> and he went in for... For a surgery on his ankle. Okay, and lost a leg. Okay, well, that is... That's not ideal, is it? No, yeah. Things escalated <laughs> from <laughs> from uh, what he had initially gone in there for. Um <laughs> You know, and so we kind of want to look at like all these different elements yeah. over the course of a few weeks. And of course, I think, you know, so the baseline is this idea of empathy. The thing that as we talk about anything that has to do with criminals and things like that on this ever since, you know, Dr. Ben Duffin Jones came here, uh, yeah. we like to bring it back to that to, you know, uh, how but, do we process that But I can't always. Kind of I've, I've, I have found that I can't. I can't find it everywhere or at least right. that's where that's where i'd love to be proven wrong but there are some there are some places there are some spaces where people are capable of going that i can't find any empathy there for them yeah so let's come in hot because that is sort of where we are right like yeah. the stories in the news right now in britain the water cooler conversation is largely around lucy letby who is not a a a uh, household name here in the United States. So you don't want to. Oh, kinda... is she not? No. So do you want right, to talk about who that is? Yeah. Well, <laughs> a, a a classic example of the one that you the ones that you'd never suspect, right? The quiet ones. Yeah. Oh, it's mm-hmm. always the ones you never. He's very quiet. So quiet. The most beige, bland, uh, kind of semi-visible, seemingly. Uh, anonymous, live, laugh, love as fuck sort of individual, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, you can tell she's super into brunch. Well, yeah, but but not even that. I mean, you know, listening to her, those who will talk on the record as having been friends of hers growing up in school and in med school or whatever, one gets this crystal clear picture of just somebody so fucking bland, just super... Mm super bland nothing there to kind of mark you out uh except right. except that uh the the this kind of wisp of air of a person murdered seven babies seven babies babies uh, yes. horribly some, painfully horribly yeah very just just painfully murdered in the fullest sense and would have um, done more but some were like interrupted and things like oh yeah that. sure and you know, the more you read, the the more horrific it gets. Actively participated in the post-death care of the managing of the process of these kids. Worked with the parents on outfits to, to dress 
you know, the corpses in of children that she'd murdered specifically by her hand. Horrible stuff. Horrible right. stuff. Hard to find empathy. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think that, I mean, I think that when, when we were having this conversation, right, largely we're talking about like the context of incarceration for one, right? Because as people who are, you know, into the concept of like prison abolition or, th- and I don't mean you, I know that you still oh, don't, you, you still want to learn of, more about that. Yes, um, yes, yes, I do. But, and we, yeah, and we've said we'll do an episode about that at some point to talk more about mm. the, like what that means. Um, we've had, you know, Mike Mulcher on here to talk about things adjacent to that and whatnot. But like, for one thing, the reason that empathy is important, right, is because we have like a horribly, horrible system of incarceration both here and in britain um that is inhumane to people and one of the things that is important in terms of empathy is that you never forgive inhumanity towards Mm. man even if they have done something deeply horrible and unforgivable in your eyes to then not let that be a reason that we um treat people as subhuman right so I think that is one element of it, right? Like, is this is a heinous, horrific, terrible thing this person did. Mm. Um, but how do we keep ourselves from uh, then painting her as an inhuman monster um, and letting that prop up the prison system that treats people terribly? Yeah. Um, saying, if you deserve it enough, then, you know, we get to torture you. We get to treat you poorly, things like that. I think, you know, with this particular person, like, I always feel like you, empathy can end in certain ways, right? Like, I think you can have empathies for part of someone's journey and not Mm. for others, right? Um, Like, if she, she clearly... Something's clearly very wrong if this is something that she was doing, right? And we've seen her weird letters to herself and stuff like that, her diaries, her notes and things like that, that show that something was going on in her head where she knew she was doing something wrong and she was struggling with it, but she wanted to continue doing it. (laughs) Um, Isn't it almost too broad and too kind of on the nose, that depiction of fucking mental collapse? Right, yeah, like, Isn't is this it? just, you know, uh, like, God. I know how to make it, you know, yeah, seem... Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, but, it, but, like, at the same time, there's really no way to argue that someone who would kill a ton mm. of babies is, like, in their right mind, a per se. Mm. And there's always, like, it's the... It's that whatever drove her to do that comes from something that... It comes from a human. It comes from something that was broken, you know, whatever that may be. And I feel like I can empathize with whatever breaks a person and not necessarily with then you carrying out the thing you fantasize about, right? Maybe that's that's why I am finding that empathy thing as a wall that I keep butting up against is because Mm -hmm. if you're able to attribute something to illness, that makes it easier to... Sure. Uh, contextualize yeah. in your mind mm-hmm. but yeah. in in this case in particular all i see is rationality i don't see right. any illness there obviously the act itself is indicative of, right. of massive yeah. massive illness something's clearly wrong somewhere but there's there's no other 
behavior yeah. there that you can ex that you can that you can just wave away with that term oh well it's illness because right and maybe illness is, so is even the wrong normal. word yes yeah because i feel like like that is such an easy scapegoat it's the same one that we use with you know oh some kid who hated black people went and shot up a black church while he was mentally sure. ill or you know things like that um you know where people can just hate or mm. you know all this kind of stuff mm. But I do think, you know, I don't know her past. So, like, this isn't something I've done a whole lot of reading into. So I am completely going on, like, a hypothetically, how could you possibly have empathy for a person who would commit horrendous crimes like this, right? Mm. Um, you know, I think that, you know, there are probably contributing factors somewhere in her life. Maybe she's, like, a straight-up sociopath, and that's why she was so blank and tried to take on the um sort of like yeah live laugh love kind of vibe uh, see, that she saw closest, other people do the closest um analog to her crimes you can go back to the 90s right to 1991 and uh you know when you think about nursing murderers uh, you know uh pedocidic i guess child murderers kind of um in the uk the, you have to go back to the 90s for somebody similar four four children were killed by another nurse called beverly allett but in her mm. her younger years you know you can see a a lot of um indicators for mental illness in her in her in her formative years as she grew up in primary school she was uh you know hugely tumultuous upbringing very very behaviorally uh challenging it would seem somebody with a history of smearing shit on the walls acting out in the most yeah for real acting out in the most kind of clear blatant and and noisy ways but was still able to pursue and get a career in nursing mm -hmm. um where you know these these behavioral patterns of of grabbing attention of seizing compulsively seizing attention from people in whatever manner she could uh that's that's the picture which leads her into nursing and leads her into into murders and underneath it all fundamentally it was exactly the same manner that both of them were caught you know quite simply both beverly allitt and lucy leppy it was just quite simply they were they were the, they were on fucking duty at the time when all right. the babies were dying it's yeah <laughs> you know you can't even fucking surely convince yourself that that kind of crime in that kind of context in that kind of environment is something sustainable over the long term. Right. You can't just you. They, where's the what's what's the plan here? Right. You well, that yeah, it speaks to sort of this. compulsion, right? Like yes. you know, there's no yes. possible way you can get away with this, and yet you're compelled to do it nonetheless. To do it and to lie about it and to try to construct yeah. a defense. Right. Um. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where I don't know. I feel like even in that sort of discussion of the difference between these these two people, like it's easier for us to mm. look at someone and be like, oh, well, they had a lifetime of like being clearly troubled. So yes, like, yes, yes. it's easier to like empathize with that to again to an extent, but then they killed four babies, and you know, yeah, <laughs> so it went too far. But like, as opposed to someone who doesn't necessarily show outwardly those things, we you know uh don't give that same level of like well maybe there was something going on here something i don't know something else something could have happened there could be trauma there could be whatever um 
I think the thing is, yeah, when it comes to trying to empathize, like, it is very easy to only give it to people who, A, don't do something that, like, breaches our own, like, that's too far moral code, Mm. and who, uh, like, we can point to a specific thing and say, oh, well, it was because of this. And again, when it comes down to, like, incarceration and things like that, you know, if we start making those kinds of judgments about people, well, they were traumatized mm. enough as a youth. Um, mm. They had enough mental illness yes. things and stuff like that that we'll treat that person. Yes. Like, we we think that person's a human, but, like, this person, well, they seem to have, like, a nice middle-class upbringing and, like, everything seemed to be going well for them and then they killed babies. Like, well, we don't have to treat that person like a human. Yes. Then you start, like, you know, categorizing people and who gets to make that judgment, you know, about who deserves to be treated like a human in the in these contexts and i think that's what's so important is like i don't necessarily need to know yeah what drove her to do this but to somehow find it in me to go but that doesn't mean i get to choose uh to be exactly and who does and who does and and do they choose you know is it is it is it is it something that's intrinsically human is it something that's global right uh you know, we we all have a kind of a, a a cellular response to the question: What's too far for you? Right. What what is too far? We all kind of know. Eh, I think I have a pretty good understanding of what too far would be beyond redemption or rehabilitation or or blah blah blah. I know what would be too far for me. Um, right. But could I write that down? Could I? Could I apply that? Could I etch that into yeah, is law? There any could way I? To no. Turn that into some you know, objective measure by which we uh, extend a degree of empathy yeah. and choose to not do so. What if Lucy Lepia killed six babies or about five? Right. Right. What if it was one? You know? Well, yeah. Like, that... Two doesn't I mean, seem like a lot, does it? Right. Like, you know, got it out of her system and went on to be mm. a, a model citizen. It, that's the other thing. What if she killed seven babies and then she went on to do something where she saved babies for the rest of her life? Saved you eight. Know? She saved eight she babies. She saved eight. So you know? uh, if you let me just do the numbers, that's she's one baby up. What if she died saving a baby? Oh, fuck. <laughs> like, it just, you know, there's... Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> and it's silly obviously like yeah, of you course, know to create hypotheticals like of this course, but, but yeah. at the same time i think like it's just an illustration of the degree to which we like try to draw hard moral lines and things like that yeah um like even when we talked about that the necrophile guy right i think you were surprised because i was like you know the murdering two girls that yeah. was too far the hundreds of people that he violated in death was wrong, yeah. but I don't, that's not like a bridge too far for empathy for me. <laughs> like, really? and like, they're dead. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, I think that his, fa- the families then found out about it and stuff like that, and they had to deal with that. Yes. That sucks, but it's a dead body. I would much rather mm. you violate a dead body than you violate a living one. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. that. Well, that to on, me is listen, like on paper yes i agree um 
you know, when there's a knock at the door and the policeman is telling you that your mum who was murdered has now been fucking, you know. Right. Diddled My dog is in death. going crazy. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> but no, Losing listen, think of this as, as the hospital season of Joe Ag, right? These yes. next couple of weeks. This and, and several other cases that we're going to talk through uh, as I kind of, you know, get my podcast water wings back and uh, <laughs> shake off the ring rust, as it were. We're going to we're going to pick and pull apart some of these discussions as we go further, because they're up there. There are places where, you know, I can't follow when it comes to trying to empathize. Sexual abuse is another. I kind of <laughs> I struggle with pulling on some of those threads and thinking some of right. those thought experiments through, which, you know, in 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 some way, shape or form over the next few weeks, we'll have to talk through as well. Um Hey, there's all sorts of crazy shit happening in the hospital, let me tell you. And there is. Yeah, we're going to talk it through over the next few weeks, folks, and we hope you'll come along and uh, uh, think it through as we do too. And we want to hear your thoughts. I love when, you know, people have input on stuff like this because mm. this is this is where shit gets tricky and this is where we put yes. ourselves out there you know with opinions that could be dead wrong or misinformed oh, yeah. or things like that that people have like huge feelings about um you yeah. know that are subjective that there is no that's kind of why we can have these discussions because there is no objective exactly. right or we're wrong to a lot through. of this we're, we're talking things out Joe so therapy, we want to hear what call it. yeah we want to hear what makes you you know angry what makes you empathize, what, yes. you know, anything that these things bring up for you, um, please do let us know, not on Twitter anymore, but uh, ooh, <laughs> on Facebook, not, no. Instagram, Blue Sky, uh, Discord, um, yeah, yeah any things. of those places that you would like to talk to us about things, we are happy to hear it. Um, still happy to have you back mark it's it's going to take a while to oh, wear off you. the novelty of being able to good, see your good, face good, and good. chat every week and <laughs> get yeah, back same, into same, the, same, same. the swing of everything love it yeah so would you like to send off do you have any parting words any mark uh, wisdom to share with our audience this fine listen week? nothing other than please stay spooky until next week definitely at least until next week mm-hmm 